Abba Yahweh, the opportunity to be in your treasury again, Father God. What a blessing to bless others. And I am given blessings just by being your conduit and sharing that, Father. Thank you for the opportunity. Strength and uprightness and boldness for my brothers and sisters. And let them lean in and hear any that would hear, any that would listen. They that have an ear, let them hear and remove the scales from their eyes so that they can see. They can hear the majesty proclaimed by those things around and see that very same thing and hear it together in chorus. Thank you, Father God. Abba Yahweh. Aman. Yeshua Aman. Baraklitos. Aman. Back in the storehouse, the treasury house, the the library, whatever you want to call it, I, I love to call it the treasury because that's what it is. And also the fact that I found a scripture that reads, refers to the word of God as that same thing. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm sharing, I'm sharing this with you because there's, there's so much white noise interference that's going on. And I've shared this with you in that terminology before what's happening, everything around. And this is how things get you stirred up and how we are the way we are without God's guidance and just the choices that we make. We are free will choosing creatures. God made us that way because he chooses that we are a free will choice. He didn't. He could have made us robotic just to do what he said all the time. And there are those... There was a film that was made, goodness gracious, the original was decades ago. <laughs> Some older folks my age and, and, old, and a little bit older or slightly younger might remember a film called The Stepford Wives. And then they made a, several sequels to that. Well, what some brilliant guy did, as he thought of, is that these this community of Stepford, they wanted things to be just so. <clears throat> so he built robot. He built a robot to an identical to his wife. Nobody could tell except that she did everything he wanted when he told her and how he told her to do it. And was just like a perfect little wifey. And then other guys started saying, and then he revealed the secret. So then he started creating more and more of these things. And, but ultimately the end wasn't good because there was a bug in the system, you might say. But see, God could have made us that way. He could have made us to just do everything he said to do, when he said to do it, how he said to do it. And, but that's not what love is about. See, God is love. The scripture tells us, the Bible tells us, all through the Bible, it talks about God is love. 
God doesn't love us just because it's an appropriate thing to do or the right thing to do. It's because God is love. God doesn't tell us the truth, (coughs) pardon me, because it's the right thing to do. He tells us the truth because that's what God is. See, these things that, that God imparts and shares to us and with us is because that is the character of God. That is who, how, and what God is. It's not just doing it because it's the right thing to do. It might be difficult for some to grasp, but let go with a finite mind, okay? Quit trying to think about this stuff on your own. Got to get the Holy Spirit to guide you. Paul talks about some of these things and... and, uh, And these things are that Paul talks about are things that so many of us get caught up in in Philippians chapter 3. And Paul is writing to the church in Philippi about this because you remember I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters, the church in Philippi is surrounded. Most of the churches that Paul help to start, establish, get going, are surrounded by pagan societies. But Philippi is um, especially worrisome for him, or not worrisome for him, but he's, he's in prayer for them a lot because they're surrounded and they, they contact him. <clears throat> or his disciples contact him, get letters to him because of things that are going on around him. If you notice the writings that Paul puts in the in the in this short letter that he writes to the church in Philippi, it's a rather short letter, but he contacts them and reminds them, exhorts them, edifies them, lifts them up. And it's in Philippians that we get the scripture, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Careful translates to the word anxious. Be anxious for nothing. They were they were anxious because of all these things going on around him. And he, he speaks to them. Very, I, the the letter is is really important, and it's important to us now, even now. The relevance is here. I'm not going to um, attempt to pervert the word of God. That's not my that's not my case. That's this is not about me. This is the word of God. It's this gospel of the truth of God, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. These progressive individuals that get up on their stage and stand behind the dais and preach their gospel the way that they want to teach it, they will have to answer for that thing. The word tells us that there will be a special judgment for those that lead the flock astray. There will be. So I don't need to mention any by name. I don't need to mention any mammon-named denomination, that doesn't matter. 
because you have to understand that the relationship to religions and groups of people that go according to that denomination is based on mammon. That means that the name Catholic, Protestant, Methodist, Baptist, First Baptist, Second Baptist, Third Baptist, Northern Baptist, Southern Baptist, Eastern Baptist, West West Methodist, Pacific Coast Presbyterian. It doesn't matter. Those names and titles are all given by mammon. God cares nothing for titles. He cares for your heart. What is in your heart is the only thing that matters to God. So if you attend Catholic church because that's the way your family was raised and most of your family is there and you want to be close to them, God has no problem with that. None at all. What he has a problem with is what the direction your heart is going. If you're a member of a Methodist church or a Presbyterian church because your family is all going there and that's the way you were raised, God has no problem with that. Just take your heart in the right direction. But what's more important, brothers and sisters, is that trying of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit keeps you there because of your comfort with your family, God knows these things. The Holy Spirit will keep you there in a comfortable place as long as your heart is going to the right place. But don't fall into the comfort zone and just hang out there because it's as comfortable and you don't have to share the gospel. You don't have to do anything at all. And you just put yourself into this little shell, so to speak. But these things that we do bear out consequence. As I've shared with you, brothers and sisters, God only requires very little of us to share the gospel. But Paul writes, and and I'm going to be sharing out of uh, Philippians 3. And finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you to me. Indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. Concision, however you want to read that. What does that mean? It means that there are those out there that are um, maligning the word, that are... um, taking things out of context and are they're disrupting they're disruptive and when he tells them to beware the concision that means the (coughs) pardon me the cutting off or perhaps in their um, in their state, and based on what I've been reading on the uh, 
the perversion by the uh, progressive individuals. And brothers and sisters, they had them back then too, by the way. But what he's talking about is the mutilation, concision, the mutilation, the cutting off, the de- basically the uh, shortening of the word, you might say, because concision has to do with shortening, cutting off, um, uh, interruption. And what it is, it's maligning, it's destruction to the word of God and not delivering it as it should be done. And he warns them to be careful for that or to be cautious to that, be aware that that is going on and hear and have discernment in the word of God. Brothers and sisters, we can all have that and God offers that to us. This is why I tell you constantly, almost harp on it, try the spirit. Before you decide that you're going to make a church your home church, try the spirit. There's a Holy Spirit. Is it in contrition with the spirit that's there? Or is it in unity with the spirit that is there? If the spirit of that church is truth, righteousness, and uprightness, then the Holy Spirit will say, Stay. This is a good place. This you can learn here. You can you can eat here. This is good. You will you will get fed. You will hear and be fed the bread of life. You will get water from the fountain. This is good. Stay here. Or if it's not, it will pick you up and walk you out. Very simple. Just you know, escort you to the door. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I've had it done a couple times. And you need to pray the Spirit. And I've advised you to do the same thing with me. Try my Spirit. See if I don't speak the truth. See if it's not from the Word of God. I'm in His treasury constantly. None of this is about me. This is about God, our Father, His promises and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Lion of the tribe of Judah, who will be coming back, incidentally, as he promised to do. And as many, 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 many did and have still done, as they look for that Messiah to come as the conquering king and chase everything, all the bad guys away. That's what they were looking for just before they crucified him. He showed up. But know this too, brothers and sisters, that even amongst his disciples, they had, you have to understand. Now, the scripture doesn't talk about this, but if you read some of the things that they were doing and and what they were going through, and you, you know that Jesus Christ walked away and sometimes was gone for days at a time. And then you have those that claim this high theological authority of mammon, because they went to a college and they know best and they know what the word of God, how it's interpreted. They interpret it for you. That's wrong. They have a spirit of self-worth. Piety. Remember I shared a word with you. I found this word and I love it. Phariseeism. They think as a Pharisees. Highly vaunted 
and very aware of themselves. So here is the truth. The truth be told. That you you just have to be cautious in what's being said. <laughs> Try the spirit. Try that spirit. Try the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you to stay or to leave. And for an individual to come up and tell you that, oh, let me tell you what they mean to say. Let me translate that for you. <clears throat> be very cautious, be wary. As Paul says here, be careful of the dogs. Bear, be wary of the concision. Trying the Spirit and having the Holy Spirit to guide you and show you whether it's stay or to go. You can go to the Father yourself. You don't have to have some elder from the church come and tell you whether you need to stay there or you don't stay there. When they start telling you things like that, it's time for you to head for the hills. Straight up, straight truth. There was a church, won't mention denomination, won't mention the name of it. But their thing was that you could not pray to God. You, could, you weren't allowed to... Um, the only ones that were allowed to, to pray in the spirit were the elders of the church, those who were designated as elders of the church. Incidentally, that anointing is not based on mammon. That is based on the hand of God and his decision to put you into a position of authority for helps, not for vain glory as they were doing. But they decided that their elders were the only ones that could pray over anyone their church elders were the only ones that could pray in the spirit. And they were the only ones who would deliver a vision or a message to someone. And only God would talk to members of the congregation through their elders. And it wasn't from anyone else at all except the elders. The body of the church was not allowed to do anything except come, worship, and give them money. And the worship was all guided and... Um, how can I put the... Oh, here's an analogy. If any of you have been on or around a farm and it's time to take livestock to market or to get them, you have a system of gates and chutes that you guide them to to load into trucks and things like that to take them where they want to go or where you want to take them. And so you have these um, temporary fences and barricades that you can set up and basically it, it makes alleyways and, and the animals will go to the direction that you want them to go to. And whether you like it or you don't like it, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter because it's factual and truth that homo sapiens, and I use that term a lot, homo sapiens and mammons, because sadly a lot of people, a lot of homo sapiens are not acting like people. They're not even acting like human beings. They treat each other so terribly bad 
There's animals that treat one another and treat other humans as better. So these chutes and barricades, they guide the livestock to where they want them to go. So these churches that function that way, and that's their functionality, is that they're directing their congregation the direction that they want them to go to and not the direction that God wants them to be going. So brothers and sisters, be wary of those and those that are of the concision, the mutilation of the word, the cutting off of the word, the brevity of the word. And the word will be whatever length, duration it must be, and that will be by the guidance of God. I've shared with you before that that the disciples went out when after Jesus had been crucified and they went out to teach in some of the, some of the places and, and there were a couple where their sermons were hours long, hours long, and people were going to sleep and then they would wake up and, and continue praise and worship. They didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay there, but they were the sermons were so long that some were falling asleep, but they didn't they didn't disrupt their rest. They didn't disrupt their sleep and chase them away because they had fallen asleep. They didn't make a big issue of that. They just continued preaching the word. And that's just the way the word is. Guidance by the hand of God, his timing, his authority, and his way, not that of mammon. And Paul further speaks that in verse 3, chapter 3, verse 3, Philippians. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Um, you remember that I've shared that term with you before. The circumcision is not actually the removal of the foreskin. Okay, that's not what he's talking about. In the old days, in the old law, that was done as a symbol of the covenant between God and mammon that would follow and believe in him. So what he's talking about in the circumcision is those that make covenant in their heart. Are you part of the circumcision of your heart that you have given that over to Jesus Christ that you believe that he is the only begotten son of God and that you will offer yourself to God to do what God wants us to do? Share his gospel, share his word, share his truth. You have a covenant with God. God, God already, <laughs> God has fulfilled his end so many times, brothers and sisters. But trust me, God's not looking for a payback. There's nothing that we can do that could pay back anything. How are you going to pay? How are you going to pay for, uh, for our Lord Jesus Christ? Stepped off the throne. He was in heaven. He stepped off the throne, set down his crown, and said, yes, Father God, I will go. I will humble myself and take this heavenly holiness that we share and set it aside, take off my crown. And he came down as a man. And when he came down, he humbled himself. He became as a man, which means that he weakened himself to a point. Okay? Many of his heavenly virtues he left behind. 
And there are those in this, uh, with their theological degree that seem to know so much better than everybody else because they let you know that they do. And they tell you that. That's why my theological degree has much more value, I believe. Just my opinion, my perspective, because it's from HSU University. And I don't try to declare that I know more than anyone else because that may not be so. And matter of factly, I know it's so. But here's the thing. They try to tell you that Jesus Christ came down and like when he was trying to get the Sermon on the Mount and prepare all those words and all those things and the time that he went off by himself that, uh, you know, he was floating above the ground six, eight inches and he was just kind of floating around out amongst the trees and all this sort of thing uh, in prayer and meditation. Wait a second. Okay. If God was not... <laughs> You have, to, you have to really get into the word of God. Open up your, your spiritual eyes and lean in and hear the word of God as he speaks through his Bible, the treasury. Jesus Christ, yes, indeed, was the only begotten son of God, but he was also wholly a man. He was sent here for a purpose. He was humbled and all those heavenly virtues and things he left behind. When he came down here, he went off by himself so that he could have time because just like anyone else, when you have all these things going on around you all at the same time, his disciples arguing about who is better, how they should do this and how they should do that. And, and uh, you know, maybe we should do this or do that first and have all that going on. And he tells him, he says, you know, I'm going to be gone for a little while. I'll be back. And then what do they start doing? They start arguing about what happened to him. Instead of just listening to what he tells them, I'll be back. I'll be back in a while. They always tried to make assumptions about things. And Jesus Christ also went out to prepare himself for this coming Sermon on the Mount. That he had to make sure that it was right because he was going to deliver the word. Now you have those masterful theologians that of course know better than everyone else. And they will say, wait a minute. This is the only begotten son of God, Jesus Christ. He doesn't need to prepare his sermon. He just knows it. Well, <clears throat> hate to burst your bubble, guys and gals, but yeah, Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God. He is that. But when he came down here, he was also humbled himself and took many of his heavenly virtues and left them behind. And he became a man, a man that needed to prepare himself for certain things. He was also the son of a craftsman and a carpenter. And when he went out away from the disciples, there were times and, and places that he encountered people because Jesus Christ is about people, not about self and not about his authority. So he went out to pray and prepare. Yeah, I believe he went out in total preparation and had to uh, recite and study over in his own mind of how he was gonna prepare it because this is how Jesus Christ is. He is about others. He is about persons and that's that's his love for us. So, Ain't to burst your bubble, theologian, masters of the word, and Jedis, or whatever you want to call yourselves. Do I sound like I have issue with that? I do. 
because I'm going to go back to that really cool word that I found, and I love it, Phariseeism. That means that you put yourself up in a position of authority and that you know better because you have a theological degree that is signed by mammon. And some guy at some university <clears throat> signed a document that said, hey, you're a smart guy and now you have a doctorate in the word of God. Well, I take umbrance to that because those documents are signed of mammon. And who put that person in authority to decide whether you know the word better than God. Interesting case in point. God knows his word better than anyone else because he authored it. The author, the finisher, Alpha, the Omega, the first and last, beginning and the end, he is with us always. And he will give anyone, anyone that asks, the only reason that people don't get is because they don't ask. Ask and ye shall receive. Knock and it shall be open unto you. They that do not have because they do not ask. Pretty simple, pretty plain and straightforward. And that's in the word of God. Doesn't need somebody with a great theological degree to explain it. Doesn't need a doctorate to explain that. It's pretty straightforward. If you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you through the words, the Holy Spirit will do so. God has promised to do so. And it sounds like I'm picking on those guys and gals with the degrees. To an extent, I am. But the ones that I have a problem with, and I'm going to go back to that great word that, that was shown to me and I found and I really fell in love with it, is because of the Phariseeism. And what that means is they put themselves above everyone else and you can almost see it in some of these folks when they wear their sharkskin suits up on the stage and they have their rings and you, you watch them when they preach on, on, uh, on screen and they've got their hands in movement all the time so that those little trinkets, those little dainties will catch in the glistening studio lights and flash out there to everyone. They will be in that position for a short time, but they will have to answer for what they do. Those are the ones that I take issue with, but I don't mention any by name because that will then pull me into this point of, of uh, the cancel culture to get other people to try to get into my space and my opinion and agree with me that's not for me it's a matter of your perspective and you have to make that choice and you have to make it right with God <clears throat> but there are those that do that they get their fancy suits and their fancy clothes and they treat other people so egregiously I had I had a very good acquaintance of mine and there was no reason for him to uh, fabricate anything and make this up but there was this um, very well-known individual who was um, supposedly a speaker and, and teacher of the word of God, but had become so, <clears throat> in a short while, had become so um, prominent, shall we say, in his own mind, and was going through the airport one day, and he was, uh, he was approached by my acquaintance to, uh, to say a quick prayer, and this was about a child. This was to pray over a child. <clears throat> well, this 
supposed preacher had a security entourage with him. And he just snapped his finger and pointed. And these two goon bags, like happened with me in in a church, came over and pressed him back against the wall and had him by the throat in front of this child. And the individual was close at hand and he goes, I just wanted you to pray for this child. And evidently the Holy Spirit snatched onto this guy, uh, this supposed holier than thou guy, and, and he tapped the guys and had him let him go. And, uh, and they walked away really fast. Didn't even pray over the, over the baby. Wasn't a baby, it was a, a child was walking, but didn't even pray over the child. What is that about? You see, those are the individuals that I have issue with. And some of them don't even have a theological degree. They have just get up there and they're very adept at speaking. Know this, that the reason Adolf Hitler was the way he was, he was a very charismatic person. He was very good at putting words together and speaking in public. He was very good at it. And there are historical documents that will relate to that. So um, there are individuals that declare that in their life and they are pretty good at it and they will get those that will follow them. This is why it says, be wary of the dogs. Beware of the dogs. And false teachers and demons and workers of iniquity and those that drive the word to abbreviation, mutilation, pollution, dilution. There are many. There are many. And they are described as dogs, as wolves, as lions. And those that are being manipulated and muppeted, puppeted by Satan, the enemy, are those that will do that thing. And those individuals that are polluted by the white noise that I've shared with you that they, oh, don't pay any attention to that. If we pay attention to that, then that's giving glory and honor to the devil. And, and we don't want to do that. We just, we just have to focus on God and, and let that go over there. <clears throat> well, let's go back militarily wise. Let me share with you is that, you know, when somebody puts their hand over their eye and say, you cannot see me, I am ninja. I'm not here. I'm invisible. I'm working for Satan, but you can't see me and you don't believe me and you just listen to what I say. That's what those people are doing. They're buying into that white noise interference of the devil and the devil will use that. And those individuals, he will convince them and they hear that white noise that that pay no attention to those little skittling serpents and scorpions. They're just happen to be here. They're not working for me. Don't pay any attention to them. Focus on God. Don't focus on me. Don't focus on my minions. Don't focus on the untruth. Don't don't pay any attention to that. And then they get those individuals to believe that they're doing the right thing. But the problem is that those manipulations are of the devil to get you to ignore the fact that they're there. And when the time is right, they will spring the trap. Brothers and sisters, we must be aware of the enemy at all times. Jesus Christ tells us to be aware of them because they are like wolves. 
And he told Peter that he prays over him all the time because the Satan, the devil, seeks to sort him out like the chaff of the wheat. How did he tell Peter? He says, for he seeks to sift you like wheat. What does that mean? That means he's going to take the goodness out, toss it away and waste it. And then what happens to the shaft? The shaft gets burned off because it's waste. He's going to take out the virtue from Peter and then put the rest to waste. Brothers and sisters, that's what Satan and his minions seek to do. And if you refuse to believe that he's real and pay attention to the fact that he's out there, then you are foolish and you are fooling yourselves. Keep your eyes open and be aware of it, that there are people out there, excuse me, members of mammon that are out there that are being manipulated of the devil. They're being used to torment, twist, malign, pervert, pervert, the word, and they are the solicitors of concession, mutilation, cutting off of the word. So as we continue looking, it says, you have to remember too, brothers and sisters, that Paul, when he, and he mentions this too, is that Paul had a great deal of, uh, as it's put in the word here, zeal in persecuting the church. And that he chased down the church, burned out churches, killed those that claimed to be followers of the word of God. And that he did this with Gusto, Paul used to be that. That's when he was Saul. Excuse me. And he was paid well for doing this thing by the Pharisees in Rome. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He gained a lot of monetary prominence and position and all, but he was chasing them down. And he was hurting a lot of people. But he considers that to be lost because he turned over his life to Christ the Lord. As when he was knocked on his behind off of his ass onto the road and blinded and the spirit of Jesus Christ came and just looked him right in the face and said, Saul, Saul, why persecuteth thou me? Yeah, Jesus was right there and just looking right in the eye, blinded him and he had to get help to get to where he needed to be. But then he turned his life over to Jesus Christ. And he counts all those things that he had as loss in order for the gain of knowledge in Christ Jesus my Lord and the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. 
So his zeal is to make sure that the word, the gospel, the truth gets out there and that people hear it and then have the opportunity to choose to be saved and choose that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God. And everything else that he used to have is is nothing and is counted as nothing. And further in verse nine, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That Phariseeism, that word, that I, I love that word because it's so appropriate because that's exactly what these perverts are doing. And this is what Paul is doing. Not having mine own righteousness, not be self-vaunting, placing yourself above everyone else because you have a theological degree and you know the word better than anyone else, except that the Holy Spirit can deliver the truth and the word to an individual that doesn't have a theological degree. They can help them in understanding because that's what Jesus said he would do. <clears throat> he would go to the Father because he had to leave and he would make sure that the Father sent the Comforter that would take his place here on earth, would lead and guide and teach and clarify. All you have to do, brothers and sisters, is ask. That's all that's required. Just ask, and it's there. Brothers and sisters, God does provide. Further, in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made comfortable unto his, conformable unto his death. if by, by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. By any means possible, Paul wants to be able to share the word, the truth. And brothers and sisters, you have to remember that Paul, 90% or probably greater than 90% of his letters and writings that he penned, he was in prison. He was either in house arrest he was in prison, he was in isolation, or as is a couple of times were, in chains. In chains. And brothers and sisters, remember when they were on the ship and the ship was dashed and crashed and broke apart. But God saved, and he saved them, saved everyone on board the ship as he promised he would. By the word of God, his promise. But brothers and sisters, we have to just be aware that there are those out there. There are those out there that twist, <clears throat> malign, manipulate, because they like to have that limelight, be in the limelight, and claim their authority is greater than anything that you know and how are you how dare you question anything that they say or have to say because they're in authority and they have the knowledge of the word of God. There are those individuals that are exactly that way because they have that little piece of paper that's signed by some university of mammon and has designated them as having a doctorate and degree. And those individuals that I refer to and and seemingly continually referred to 
are those that allow that to become, <clears throat> how you say, part of their personage, part of their, part of the way that they are. They become very arrogant. They become more parading and vaunted and puffed up. And you can almost tell um, when I used to have exchanges with that gentleman who I didn't find out later on was actually a physicist and he had several doctorates and was a university professor. We used to have great conversations and it was just conversations, but I knew that it was on a different level because of some of the very poignant issues that we discussed and talked about. And once in a while, the questions that he would ask, and then we would discuss. But the thing of it was, he wasn't puffed up about it. He wasn't arrogant about it. He wasn't obnoxious and saying, I know more than you. How can you possibly keep up conversing with me? None of that was displayed. He was just a guy. We were having coffee. We had talks. And it was really wonderful. And then when he had to put the others in place who were that way, they were actually quite arrogant because they had degrees and doctorates. And they were basically ignoring me and talking directly to him and pushing him aside. And he he put a quash on that. He put a shortstop on that really fast. He said, you know what? He understands a lot more than you think he does. And we have had many conversations. And he told him, he said, don't be so obnoxious. Don't be so rude. I mean, he didn't put it in those terms, but he said he gave me the credit where credit was due and that they began to understand as he and I started just conversing about things and basically we started pretending that they weren't there. And then all of a sudden they joined in the conversation and then it was a, um, there were four of them and one of me, and then it became this, this roundtable discussion. And it was really pretty awesome. But you have to be aware, brothers and sisters, that there are individuals out there that think that because they have this little paper thing that's signed by mammon, that their authority is greater. And you have to be wary of that. And do not give in to that authority. Try the spirit because some people are anointed to be a guide. This is true. A guide to help. They are a hired shepherd. They are a hireling. And that is term is used in the scriptures, by the way. They are a hireling. Our shepherd is Jesus Christ. Try their spirit all the time and make sure that the hirelings are delivering the truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you in that. If you need to have someone, don't be afraid to ask. That's why they're there. That's why they have elders and deacons and those people there. But making them only the authority and that you can't talk to God. This is why Jesus Christ came. You have to understand this is that we can go to the father. We don't need to have a high priest and only those people. See that that issue that was because when Jesus Christ was crucified, the veil was broken from top to bottom all the way there and that the Holy of Holies was now open to anyone that could go. And remember, he told the woman at the well that there will 
come a time when you will be able to worship God anywhere in truth and in spirit. That's all that God des- desires from us is to come in truth and spirit to him and that we would be able to worship him anywhere, that you don't have to go to a specific church and all these things. You have to remember these things, brothers and sisters. It's in the word of God. The promise is there. Do not give that authority to those that don't deserve it. If you give in to that authority, it's just like with the enemy when he comes and his minions. He does not have the authority to steal anything from you. He can rob you. There's a difference, okay? You have to understand there's a, there's a profound difference. If you give it to them and let them walk away with it, they've just robbed you. But you gave it away. You didn't, you didn't, uh, they didn't come in and steal it from you. They may have robbed you of it. They, they took it because you handed it to them and then his little minions walked away with it. You gave it away. You chose to do that. Don't do that, brothers and sisters. Stand upright, be strong. Don't step down in cowardice. Don't step aside in compromise, but don't be confrontational. This is why I don't mention any of those other people's by name or specific denomination. They buy. And I don't even really remember or know what denomination they are. I could guess. But you have to remember that denominations and titles of denominations and religious denominations are of mammon. They are not from God. That those names are given by mammon and in order for separation. Remember, that's a key word, separation, derision, apart from, and that their way is the only way. And if you don't believe their way, then you don't believe and you are lost. And this is why Jesus Christ himself detested religion because God and the truth was only allowed to come out of their little carved wooden box for ritualistic occasions and special occasions. And then God had to be put back in the little box and they were tucked into a little special ornate cupboard or put in the back room until it was time to bring him out again. Religion, not a good thing. Faith, a beautiful thing. Trust, a beautiful thing. Jesus Christ was the only begotten son of God. Faith in God and sharing the gospel, the truth, the knowledge and wisdom that is imparted of God. That's the important. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed day. Be blessed. I pray on my going out, my coming in. Be blessed.